This week on the Sport Blokes. This week, holy shit, <laughs> we have got trades aplenty. Nathan and I are going to discuss every trade from the trade deadline, Kevin Durant to the Suns, and so, so, so much more. So many draft picks. Second rounders, left, right, and center. Championship odds changing. Let's go. It's 8 p.m. on Sunday, the 26th of February, 2023. On the dot. Still on the dot. Now, we're actually together to record a bit of a trip down memory lane to look at previous NBA trade deadlines. This episode you're about to hear is our thoughts on the current trade deadline. But because we won't be in each other's company for the next three weeks or so, because you're off to the Apple Isle and off to Victoria as well, we thought it would probably be remiss of us not to talk about a couple of things that don't appear in the episode you're about to hear. So first things first, All-Star Weekend, Stewie. Good, bad and ugly. That pretty much sums it up. It really does. I mean, I think the good, the bad, and the ugly are fairly straightforward. I mean, the good, obviously. Mac the, McClung. The yeah. top was very, very good. Now, having said that, Jericho Sims was not particularly great. Well, that's why I said McClung rather than the comp itself. Yes. Yeah. But having said that, Trey Murphy, I thought, was pretty decent. Yeah, in, some other good dunks, yeah. Round. Yeah. Kenny Martin Jr., of course, the second generation of NBA children yeah nice to see him bring his dad out on the court yeah it wasn't was the most amazing performance no no i'd say his dad was probably a better dunker than he is he's a prime example of in fact his dad was too a guy who is a really really good in-game dunker but maybe doesn't translate to a dunk cop so that's we, fair we kind yeah. of saw that the three-point shootout was pretty decent all the other stuff i think probably goes in the bad or ugly pile really and I would say highlighted or low-lighted in this case by what is arguably the worst All-Star game in the history of All-Star games. Yeah, so for me, I would say the bad is the skills challenge. Yes. Which was, I mean, those rookies couldn't even hit a shot, which was just <laughs> outrageous. It was actually really hard to watch. And, I, and I'll, be, I'll be honest, I was kind of rooting for them to not hit any shots because I thought that would be kind of funny. That's but it's not a very good spectacle. And then, yes, the ugly, of course, was the game itself. Although I didn't watch it, but... I couldn't even get through the first half highlights on YouTube. Yeah. That is how bad I was. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I deduced its ugliness based on what people had said. Just guys pulling up at half court, that does not interest me in the slightest at all. And guys not playing D. Like Jason Tatum's MVP performance... That has to be the most useless award in the history of yeah, the NBA. There is a large asterisk next to that one. Yeah. I mean, I can't, nothing really comes close. And it was really funny. Like, there's more and more clips doing the rounds of All Star games past. And I actually watched the first half of the 98 All Star game late one night when just for the hell of it. And that was really entertaining. That was really good. But 2015 ish might have been, yeah, yeah okay. 2013 and 10 years probably close to. Yeah. Look, it's one of those things where you could at least guarantee going back that teams would at least play defense in the fourth quarter. They would be yes. free-flowing, shooting threes, dunking, all of that for the first three, and then the fourth quarter was a little bit more locked down. But you're not even getting that now. No. There was one clip I saw where it was literally guys going one-on-one -on -one and the other four players just standing on the opposite side of the court. So, yep, the Boston guys. Shit. Yeah. Dude. I get it. There's a cool narrative there, Jalen Brown versus Tatum. I get that. But, gee it's like, come on. People are paying big money to be at these events. Yes. And it's a slap in the face. So here's a question, Stewie. Are we just too old? Yes, absolutely. We're not the demographic, right? So it was really interesting. I saw a tweet from Casey Frank that basically said, you love the All-Star game when you were a kid. Kids nowadays probably love this All-Star game too. I don't even know if I can call that a paraphrase. But anyway, I saw a Casey Frank tweet that kind of talked about, you know, when we're kids. 
And I wondered, like, maybe the younger generation like that shit. Maybe they like seeing Damien Lillard and Steph Curry pull up from half court. Maybe they like guys going one-on-one. I don't know. Has it gone past us? Yeah, it has. I don't know. I mean, is this a symptom of the TikTok generation? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I know know what you mean. Yeah, it it is possible. And it does go... I guess, to something else that's kind of been doing the rounds about how, I think it was Austin Rivers did a really, really interesting video talking about how everyone got an and one mixtape or everyone had these like ball is life mixtapes where these players were getting followed around to all of their games and they're creating these, I mean, they're, they're really interesting and fun highlight reels but they don't show the full capabilities of the players they don't show their defensive abilities they don't show their awareness when it comes to a pick and roll or a switch or anything like that it doesn't show their footwork or any of that sort of stuff and all the fundamentals and all that sort of thing yeah and so yeah i think we are seeing this wrong and i guess the obvious question that follows on from that is how in god's name do we fix it is it even fixable well all right, I'm going to tee off here because one of the ideas I think is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> absolutely outrageous. So people, including Adam Silver, if I'm not mistaken, have actually floated the idea that the winning conference, if we go back to conferences and we'd have to, yes, the team that ends up in the NBA finals is the one that gets home court advantage based on, based on the winner of the All-Star game. Yeah, an exhibition game. Oh, it's just... It's unbelievable. So we're slowly eroding the actual advantage for the first seeds. I've banged on before about the plane tournament. Now, it's not bad. It's done some good things. It's helped stop tanking a bit. So there is some good to it. But already I've talked about the fact that the first couple of teams don't know who their opponents are. So already they have less of an advantage than they used to. This would be even less of an advantage again for the number one seed in any given conference. And I dare say it arguably could have the reverse effect of what they want because you could say that teams will go, oh, well, home court advantage is less and less important than what it used to be. We can't even guarantee we'll get home court advantage. Maybe we'll do more resting of players. Maybe we'll do more load management. So I think it could actually have the opposite effect to what they want because there could be more. Teams will go, oh, well, maybe it's better to be third seed and healthy than first seed and push really hard and maybe have a few too many guys banged up come playoff time. So I, I just don't see how after nearly 2,500 games, we've already tarnished the long 82-game season a little bit with the play-in. I don't know why they would even consider entertaining this thought. I think it's absolutely outrageous. And it didn't even work well for the baseball, which is what happened. And another thing you and I discussed is how many of these players in the All-Star game actually have a chance of making the NBA Finals in any given season? So are they going to even play any harder anyway? So they could make this change. And then it probably wouldn't even change how the game's played. Well, I'll give you two things that I kind of want to rebut on that. So the first thing, and unfortunately, there's no example for this because in 1999, it was a lockout season. There was no all-star game. But who made the finals in 1999, Nath? Well, New York out of the eighth seed. So what if the East... Oh, and my Spurs. And your Spurs, yeah. (laughs) What if, and I'm saying this hypothetically, what if the Eastern Conference had won an all-star game in that season? Yes, and the eight seed Knicks, who I think were barely 500. Perfect example. Thank you, Stewie. Perfect example. They all of a sudden get to host four out of the seven games yep. because they eat their way into, a, well, in this case, the eight seed. Yep. But you could have a team that somehow managed to get there from the 10 seed. Yep. Perfect. Perfect example. You're right. In the playoff times. And now, very unlikely, but it could happen. Well, the eight seed Knicks were very unlikely as well. Well, exactly. Look yep. what happened. Yep. And again, how many of these players are going to play any harder because of this? I really can't see. The incentive doesn't even incentivize the players that it's trying to incentivize. 
Look, I think I think it's time to do what the NFL does. And I know the Pro Bowl is shit too, but maybe it's time to have a mid-season tournament during the All-Star break, like they've talked about. And maybe it's time to have the All-Star festivities just before the finals when all the players that aren't competing in the finals might play a little harder. Or you get buy-in from coaches and players and say, guys, your generation has made this event a laughing stock. It's time for your generation to fix it. And the other thing I did want to also just quickly speak about, and you sort of mentioned this, and this is something that came up in one of our little arguments. I was obviously on your side, but an argument we had on Twitter with someone. Robust Twitter discussion, yeah. So looking at the guys that were in that, I can list off Laurie Markinen playing for the Jazz, probably won't even make the playoffs. Probably we're lucky to make the play-in. We'll be lucky to make the play-in. You have, who else? DeMar Rosen with the Bulls. They're going to struggle to make it. Yep, Dame Lillard You've played. Pascal Siakam. The Raptors are going okay now, but they're still in that play-in sort of area. You have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. The Thunder are no guarantee yep, to make it. play-in again. Especially with him now being injured as well. Right, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I shouldn't say that. It's not fair. No, it's um, not. Tyrese Halliburton. There's no way the Pacers are making it. They're 12th in the East right now. Yep, exactly. How many minutes do these blokes play? Oh, most of them 12 to 15. Yeah, so can you really... Can you really change the outcome of a game in 12 to 15 minutes by playing hard? Exactly. And it keeps going on. Anthony Edwards with Minnesota. There's yep. no guarantee that they'll make it. There's, I think there was, oh, LeBron. There's no guarantee that the Lakers will no, make it. No, that's right. That's right. I think even maybe a quarter of the players, and that's probably being generous, I'd have to look down the entire list, have a realistic expectation of making the NBA finals. Yep. Only two teams out of 30 make the NBA finals. It's not easy to do. I'll be so disappointed if that happens, honestly. I hope it doesn't happen. I think it'd be crazy. All right, that's enough on that. We've <laughs> we've well and truly ranted there. We have. Kevin, Cu- Kevin Durant, if you will. We have. A couple of quick things before we talk about the Kevin Durant trade and others. A couple of, I guess, uh, signings off the waivers after trade period. So Kevin Love's gone to Miami. Russell Westbrook's gone to the Clippers. And Pat Beverly chose Chicago in the end, mm. which was an interesting one. So obviously a great, great start for Kevin Love in Miami. 0 for 4, 0 <laughs> points. Uh, it's a good pick up for them, though, because they're not deep. So they need every player they can get. Yeah. He's handy. He's handy. And again, another shooter who can stretch the floor, gives yep. Jimmy Butler a little bit more room. Good rebounder. It, it's hard to argue with him. Yep. I thought it's a great pickup. Westbrook, I mean, look, another loony to add to the assault. <laughs> he started okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he tied Andre Miller's record for the most assists in a LA Clippers debut with 14. Oh, there you go. Yes. You go. Okay. So, no, nah, look, I don't mind the pickup. I mean, they got rid of Reggie Jackson. They needed someone else who can essentially put points on the board, run a team. He's going to start, which is something he wasn't getting in the Lakers. So yeah, and low risk, high reward. I was going to say in LA, but he's still in LA. He's still at the Staples Center. But yeah, low risk, high reward. If it doesn't work, they just cut him. So so they're great deals. Speaking of the Clippers, their game against the Kings yesterday. Yeah. My God. Kawhi Leonard had two perfect quarters. Yeah. Where he didn't miss a shot. Second highest. Second highest scoring game ever. Oh, just incredible. I honestly was thinking as it was getting close to the end of that second overtime, I thought we we can just jag a third overtime. They're going to break the record. Oh, they definitely would have. They're going to be yeah. up in the 190s now, I think. I think so. Which is unbelievable. And I was tracking that game and it was ridiculous looking down the box score and seeing like every single player, I think, had at least six points in the game yep. that played. That's fantastic. And it was like all but one of them had at least eight. Yeah. So there was something like, I don't know, 12 or 13 guys that finished in double figures. Malik Monk, 45 off the bench. Yeah, that's you nice. know, a 40 for Kawhi Leonard. Yep. It was spectacular. It really, I wish I'd seen the whole thing. I only saw the highlights. Mm. Yeah. 
maybe one to try and get my hands on. And then finally, Pat Beverly signing with the Bulls, which is an interesting one. Yeah, look, I don't really know what he does with the needle. He probably, he does nothing to the needle is what I'm saying. Nothing good. Well, it's funny you say that, Stewie. Chicago play the LA Lakers two more times mm. this season. Oh, yeah. He's already said he wants the Lakers. You almost wonder if he picked the Bulls partly so that he can help end the Lakers' season by potentially beating them. I think the Lakers will do that to themselves. They'll be too fun. Well, you never know. You never know. They did well at the trade deadline. So who knows? And you'll hear us talking about that in a moment. But just quickly, also the 76ers in Boston today. What a game that was. eh? Bloody hell. I have to say this. I have to be a buzzkill, as I quite often am. The play that led to Jason Tatum hitting that game-winning three, or what became the game-winning three, effectively, he had not planted both of his feet in the front court. That is a backcourt violation. Oh, I didn't see that closely. It never gets called. Oh, interesting. Because I only, I only saw the the highlights fairly recently, uh, and I think it was on ESPN, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah. So, so I might get to watch it in the next couple of days. But the highlights started from him hitting the three, because of course after that was the Embiid heave that just missed the buzzer and and would have sent it to overtime. So. He's yeah, sad. so I'll have to look at that that court thing. She had a little bit of bad luck, and I don't know if this is just bad juju from being a troll, but <laughs> you, you remember that game against yeah, Phoenix, against yeah. Phoenix last year? It's not the first time it's happened. He had that one rim in and out from even further away. This one, he obviously makes it. No, but I'm sure he's made one that didn't beat the buzzer too. Oh, he might have done. I'm sure in the bubble, in the bubble time. Oh, maybe? I'm not sure. I don't remember that, but I just obviously remember. I the- swear he's just. Look, maybe it wasn't for a game maybe it was a quarter well there, there was the one against phoenix though where chris paul misses the free throw and he heaves it from yes i don't know probably 85 yes feet and yeah. it rimmed in and out that would have sent the game to overtime this one obviously yeah a fraction of a second too late stop trolling joel yes troll mb yeah there you go troll indeed so here is our nba trade deadline for 2023 and obviously keep an eye on our feed why not subscribe because we're going to start looking at deadlines past two Mm-hmm. It's 3.28 on Saturday, the 18th of February. It is. 2023. It is. Hard to argue with that. Don't fear too much if when you listen to this, it's quite some time after that date. We'll be talking about the NBA trade deadline today and obviously All-Star Weekend will be happening in the next few days. And it's the sort of episode where it doesn't matter that it's a, it's a little bit after the fact, does it? Because the trades have happened and time will tell how they go. And the celebrity games already happened. Oh, is it? Yeah, DK Metcalf dominated. Oh, did he? Yeah, right. A couple of very nice dunks. Yeah, okay. And a pretty huge block as well. So nice. Oh, okay. See. It's still oh. 328 as well, man. You're doing great with these times. <laughs> I love it. Oh, 329. <laughs> so look, we won't have a really lengthy opening bounce here at the top, but you're on holidays in the Apple Isle very soon. Indeed, probably at time of release, you might already be there. So it will be, yes. Looking forward to spending eight days over in Tassie. Very nice, yeah. We'll, we'll drive around and see what the, the little island has for us. Yeah, should, should see some devils there. Hopefully. Be it in heritage jerseys or in animal form. I might actually be in Hobart when the Grand Final Series is on, if they make it. I know, pretty... That'd be so serious. Pretty tantalising. Yeah, it'd be very tempting to go along. I wouldn't want to take the place of a legitimate Jennifer yes. fan, but... Watching it at pub would be fun. Would though. be very cool. With with other fans, and yeah, that'd be cool fun. Yeah, anyway, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd kill me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we'll see what will happen. So at risk of kind of, I guess, history repeating itself or or creating deja vu, we, look, weekly recordings are tough. We'll probably be weekly-ish going forward. We'll have more specials, more variety. We might have more guest hosts. 
the pressures of life and work and family and everything. And Nate's trying to be very diplomatic and dance around. I'm, I'll just happily put it out there. Having a family, having a full-time job makes this incredibly difficult. It is time-consuming. Yeah, we're just fans. It's a it's a passion project, isn't yeah. it? Labor of love. So, oh look, I don't have. It's even hard without a family, mate. I find it hard enough. So I can only imagine how hard you find it. So no, absolutely, he's not an orphan for the record. He's just like <laughs> feeling like he's like Tiny Tim or something. He does have a family, uh, just not kids. No, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's right. No kids. So yeah, so a bit more variety, and we'll do the weeklies when we can, and and. We'll see what happens. So there's no better time to subscribe. Like as well, obviously, please. But yeah, there's no better time to subscribe because the episodes might not... We've done very well to be weekly, give or take, for... 140 episodes. Nearly 150 episodes, yeah. yeah. What's that, three years or something? So we've, we've done well, but there's more likely to be a bit more variety. There might be a little bit longer between drinks, all that sort of stuff. So please subscribe, and then that way you know when the episode's out. True, true. Of course, we post on Twitter too, at SportBlokes. Check us out, sportblokes at gmail.com. If you have a question, if you have something you want us to turn into a chat GPT poem. <laughs> oh. Please do. Anyway, all right, let's get stuck in, Stewie. Some quick NBA-related opening bouts for an all-NBA episode. Yeah, look, a couple of things. We spoke about all-star snubs in one of our previous episodes. I have to say I massively forgot Jalen Brunson. He has given... Did we not talk about him? We didn't. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I certainly didn't. Anyway, yeah, we, yeah. He has given us an absolute fuck you heater of a last week or so. Pretty much since that decision was made, he's averaging more than six assists, nearly five rebounds, and nearly 32 points on a 60 50 clip. From wow. The field. Wow. And that's 43 pointers as well. He's shooting 50% on. So he is well and truly trying to show everyone that he belongs in that all star game. I know we talked about him in the fact that. Dallas wishes they still had him and yes. they wouldn't have needed to have traded for Kyrie. I yeah, think that's maybe why we forgot to talk about it. SGA had a big one the other day. 44.7 assists on 13 of 16 from the field, 18 of 19 from the line. The first player with 40 points, 15 free throws made on 80% field goal in a game since Dirk Nowitzki in the 2011 playoffs. At this point, you're just trying to piss me off. Aren't you? <laughs> Stop reminding me of how good he is. I'll move on. I'll move on. I've got one more. I did want to just say, though, with regards to the Kyrie Irving trade that you just mentioned, we were talking about how, and I know I mentioned, is it possible both teams lost this trade? They haven't won a game, Dallas, since the trade. And Brooklyn are struggling as well. I think both of these teams actually are on a very big downward trajectory after that trade. Oh, well, Brooklyn, um, we'll talk about Brooklyn off the top. Obviously, it's the big one. But, yeah, interesting. Not looking great. I mean, I, well, I said all along that I don't think it moved the needle a hell of a lot for no. Dallas as far as contendership. It should help them a little bit. but <laughs> Oh, and three so far. But that was the other thing we said was they don't have time. They can't wait seven, well, that's right. seven to there's, ten games. There's not a lot of time. And that's going to be a big issue for the Lakers too. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. There's so much to talk right. about. A couple of other quick hits for me. Do you have any more? I've got a couple, but you go. Okay, well, let's alternate. Al- You're excited. Let's alternate. <laughs> Lamelo Ball is the second youngest player in NBA history to total 1,000 career points, rebounds, and assists at 21 years, 177 days. No prizes for guessing the youngest. LeBron, probably. LeBron, 20 years, 110 days. It's a trick question, and it's Nicole Jokic. No, no. I've got a Jokic, but I'll let you go next. Well, I know you're a massive Jokic fan. So I am I did massive wanna, in my favourite player. did want to present this. Did you say he's only shot under 50% from the field once this season? Wow. Three of 10 on the 28th of October. Also had a massive 36, 12, and 10 triple-double on 13 of 14 shooting last month. 
And that was almost in response to the Joel Embiid. You remember when Embiid, I've got a Jokic. I'm glad you had that one because I've got a Jokic follow-up. The Nuggets are 25-0 and 0 in Jokic's last 25 games with a triple-double. And there was one the other day where he had seven assists with bugger all time left. And I thought, okay, he's not getting it today. And then I looked at the box later on and he, sure enough, he had 10 or 11. Pretty bloody oh, he's just so good. So good. Now, the last one I had is a little bit of a sad one. Minnesota Timberwolves and former San Antonio Spurs guard Bryn Forbes is absolutely in the shit right now. Supposedly punched his ex-girlfriend in the face multiple times, gave her two black eyes because he was jealous of her OnlyFans success. Oh, wow. That Timberwolves team. Gee wow. whiz. And I have to say... Spurs organization producing a couple of dickheads between him and well, or oh, they did the right thing and got rid of them, where a lot of other teams hold on to them. True. So you could look at it in two ways. There's a flip you, you side could. to that. But yeah. 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 Right. Gee. Gee. Mm. So before we get stuck into the trade, Stewie, I want to ask you a question. Please. What do these people have in common? LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Davis. Kawhi, PG-13, Draymond, Clay, Chris Paul. They're all NBA All-Stars. They all play in the Pacific Division. Oh, wow. What's crazier, not one of them is in the team leading the Pacific Division. Yeah, right. I nearly called it the Specific Division then. The uh, Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings. How's that for a stat, hey? That's very cool. Crazy stuff. Well, what a perfect segue into, I guess, the first big trade involving one of those teams in the Pacific Division. Yes, indeed. The Phoenix Suns. So Kevin Durant and TJ Warren to the Suns. Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, 2023, 25, 27, and 29 unprotected first round picks and a 2028 unprotected pick swap to the Nets. Holy shit. Holy shit. What a haul. What a haul. What do you make of it? I actually don't know what to make of this Yeah, trade. it's tough, isn't it? I've heard some people say that the Nets were fools. I've heard other people say, well, the Nets have got a hell of a lot of first-round picks here. Phoenix, I mean, by the time those Phoenix picks are cashable in, Durant's for lack going, of a better phrase, yes. Chris Paul will be, what, 47? He'll be, yep. Durant will probably be gone or will be on his last legs if he does a LeBron. Even Aiton will be older and you wonder if he's the sort of centre that will age well. He might. He's been playing better lately. Yeah. Well, Devin Booker in six years won't be... Devin Booker's had his injury history, so they've probably become a mediocre team. So I almost wonder if this is a win-win. It's an all-in right now. Yes. Obviously, on paper, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, TJ Warren, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Aiton, arguably the best starting five in the league. But... Paper doesn't win anything unless you're playing rock, paper, scissors and the person plays rock. Yes. And ask the Brooklyn Nets because they couldn't turn Kyrie, Harden and Durant into much, could they? No. Absolutely. I think they won, what, one playoff series? Well, I've got a Ben Simmons tweet here. KD and Kyrie left behind seven total playoff wins with two first-round sweeps, a broken Ben Simmons and 15 3 and D wings. <laughs> they are really a team full of 3 and they, they really are. They really are. The thing is, though, and, and I think you sort of mentioned the injuries. Booker's missed 27 games this season. Chris Paul's missed 21. Durant's missed 17, hasn't played in over a month. And won't play for a while longer. So it's risky. And it adds $35 million to their luxury tax bill, which we'll talk well, about. Clearly the new owner doesn't give a shit. Well, He's just bought the team for an exorbitant amount of money. He does. We'll talk about Darius Arish way towards the end, but they got rid of $20 million off that. Yeah, that's true. Trading yeah. Darius Arish to OKC. But it does, obviously, yeah, it turns Phoenix into one of the top two teams in the West, maybe the entire league. And I think the thing that people are overlooking with this trade is TJ Warren. 
Yeah, yeah, big, big pace. He was a fucking bubble MVP. He was. He was a beast. A beast. And he had that three-year stretch not that long ago where he was averaging between 18 and 20 points a game. He's a scorer. And he's the sort of guy that can help weather the, the Durant injury while they wait for him to suit up. Yep. He's lethal. He's a 40% three-point shooter. He's stretched the floor. At worst, the Suns have Torrey Craig and Josh Okogie available to fill in those sorts of minutes if he's maybe not playing well. It could be massive. It could be shit. We don't know. It'll just depend on health. I mean, they've got guys that can potentially play big minutes if those bigger players get injured as well. So we will see. Did you see Mikhail Bridges had a 45 in the win over the Heat for the Nets? Including 15 in a row at one stage? I did say that. So Woj reported that teams dangled four first-rounders to try and prime away from Phoenix. Mm. And And I guess the proof's in the pudding. I mean, you can see what great defender, great offensive player. They'll be very glad they got him out of this deal. He was a key part to it. He was. And so let's look at the Nets. Obviously, they get rid of Durant, who's not happy. They get a bunch of draft equity. They get some really good young pieces. Bridges, yeah, he's started looking really, really good. He's a star. Potential. He could be. He's a future star. Certainly all-star potential. Best perimeter defender in the league, or certainly one One of. of, Top five. One of, definitely. Yep. You got Cam Johnson, lethal knockdown shooter when he's on. Yeah, had a purple patch recently. Finally calmed down a little bit. And they got five minutes of Jay Crowder before he got shipped off to Milwaukee. But they got a fair bit back for a guy who everyone knew wanted out. And is old. And is old. Yeah. Exactly. They get a lot of that youth. They've got 11 first rounders between now and 2029. And they're still fifth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it's crazy. So, look, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the Nets are very much going to traject down. I can't see them holding on to fifth spot for for very long. But it's one of these things that obviously long-term, if they can pick up some decent picks, and as you mentioned, obviously Phoenix won't be amazing forever. Those Phoenix picks could look pretty good at the back end. Yeah. They really could. Steppy and Raw be damned. Best thing I saw on Twitter about this, though, someone took an old Dragon Bender Phoenix jersey. And they'd written K-E on the front and A-N-T at the end. So it read Kevin Durant. You sent that one through. Fucking genius. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Does this make the Suns the favourites in the West? Uh, I think it puts them up there with Denver as probably equal favourites. I mean, again, on paper, yes. But in reality, maybe top top two or three, definitely. I'd have Denver ahead of them for continuity reasons. Yes. But obviously, they have to work the guys in. Durant's injured. You'd have to think Denver will finish top seed. Yep. They've got a really good home court advantage in Denver. So I still think they'd be favourites. But I think this does move them into number two. I do think that. I don't disagree at all. Yeah. They've jumped a few teams. And obviously, we've talked about some of the growing pains that teams like the Pelicans have had. Memphis. Memphis didn't really add anyone no. at the deadline that we thought they might have done that. Sacramento. Eh. We'll see when the pressure ramps up if they can maintain their pace. They have a lot of good young players, but those teams will all be good regular season. I can't see them doing much in the playoffs. Yeah, they wouldn't scare me. I mean, if I were Golden State, I would be like, we could finish in sixth seed and win this thing. Yeah, it's all about health. So, yeah, big trade, and we might look at this historically in a future episode. We could, yeah, of where it kind of racks up. But this would have to be one of the really big ones. Oh, massively! Anytime you're trading a former MVP to a team that was already basically a finalist in the previous couple, a couple of years. years ago yeah yeah it's, it's big and and of course Aiton started to play well too he's on a bit of a bender actually if yeah. you look at his double doubles and big numbers he's on a bit of a dragon bender yeah i there did that go. on purpose i love yeah. it yep. i love everything about it i've got one quote to finish this one stewie and and it's kind of it's almost a 
flip side to the Bill Simmons tweet, it's kind of how to say one thing in different ways. Robin Lopez, we love his tweets. This is the most Robin Lopez tweet. This is just ever. fantastic. This is just like that time in Muppets Take Manhattan when the Muppets, after unsuccessfully attempting to take Manhattan, split up and leave Manhattan. Perfect. <laughs> which well, one, love that guy. Which one's Ben Simmons then? Because uh, he didn't leave. <laughs> yeah, no. We have to watch Muppets Take Manhattan. Yes, yes, we would. We would. It's been a long time. <laughs> I've never watched it. I heard, speaking of the Lopez's, I heard, uh, I think it was Stan Van Gundy the other day saying he thought Brooke Lopez should be Defensive Player of the Year this season. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's, there's a few other guys that you put... Yeah, well, he watches a lot of games and he's a former coach, so I do put what he says, you know. Oh, you it's just interesting. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had him top of the list either, though, but... I mean, you've got obviously guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. and Jared Allen and a lot of those other big name players that are blocking a lot of shots. Jackson Jr. at home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the defensive player of the year goes to Jaron Jackson when he plays in Memphis. Goes, goes to the Memphis scorer. <laughs> yeah. Statisticians. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably skirt away from that one fairly quickly. Yes, indeed. What you got next? So, pretty big one. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt to the Lakers. Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 24, 25, and 26 second-round picks to the Wolves. Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscato-Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first-round pick to the Utah Jazz. We all know how much Russell Westbrook loves Utah. So, what do you make of this trade? Uh, What's interesting, isn't it? So, wasn't Jared Vanderbilt the guy that they refused to include in the Gobert trade originally? So, they've given up on him quicker. Mm. Look, they're okay pieces. I've never been a massive fan of D'Angelo Russell. I, I acknowledge what he's capable of. He's a handy player, but I don't think he's a star. And I don't, I don't know. Eh, you know? The Timberwolves, well, Mike Conley's a good piece. Picks help a little bit, given all the picks they've given up recently. Mm, true, but they're all second-rounders. And Russell Westbrook, well, he'll be cut. So, yes, this is, I mean, this is just Utah helping other teams and trying to get picks in the in the process yeah i don't know i don't will this move the needle a hell of a lot in the grand scheme of things no, not at all yeah i don't think so not, not at all look for the lakers I, I like the trade they get rid of westbrook they only had to get rid of one of their first rounders to get it done russell is a guy who can call his own number down the stretch but you know he will obviously facilitate as well but he isn't afraid to take and make big shots one of the things that's really sucked for them so far this season is their three-point shooting. They do not have a lot of guys yeah. that can space the floor for LeBron and AD. Yeah. But they're 26th in the league in three-point shooting. So there you go. Terrible. D'Lo is 39% on the season. Beasley's at 35 and shoots 38 on his career. Vanderbilt, he's been a real energy boost guy. So, you know, you've got, I guess, a guy there who can come in and get rebounds and play energetically on both ends of the court. Doesn't really Spell do AD when he's injured. Yeah. Doesn't do much to the cap. To the cap, it doesn't make them close to favourites in the West. No, but look, if they get to a seven-game series, they could do some damage. You never know. I'm well, they've got LeBron. You just you never. And they've got AD. And if the right AD shows up, anything can happen. But I did see that Basketball Forever predicted recently that they needed to win sixteen of their last twenty-four to make the play-in. Yeah, that's probably the not margin gonna, of error is tiny. It's probably not going to happen. But you just never know. Yeah. If AD can stay healthy. If D'Lo can sort of... Well, if they can work all these new guys in. I mean, it's half a new team, basically. For the T-Wolves, it's basically a franchise that just didn't want to pay D'Angelo Russell big money. He's up for a contract. And one of the best fits they could maybe come up with was Conley. He's got history with Gobert in Utah. So maybe helps Minnesota unlock a little bit more of his potential. 
Conley probably takes about five shots a game less than Russell as well. So he's more a passer than... He's, yeah, pass for more, yeah. So I guess more opportunities for Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, who he's honestly got to be one of the most disappointing 20 and eight guys I can remember right now. <laughs> being, being terrible. Again, doesn't make them contenders, but if Anthony Edwards and Cap are happy, maybe it's worthwhile. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Utah, I mean, that's, yeah, as you, I think you put it best. Westbrook will not stay there. The season is basically gone so far for them. It's- Who will want Westbrook? The Clippers are the rumour, but I, there can't be many teams that actually will want him. I think the Clippers makes the most sense. They've just got rid of Reggie Jackson. They need another guy off the bench who can run the point and make terrible decisions. So <laughs> they can do I guess with these sort of things is it's it's low risk, high reward. So if the shit hits the fan, you just cut him. Yeah. Or put him behind the wall. Yes, exactly. Well it was also cut. God, he was. Oh, no, he was traded. He was traded to Houston and then, and cut. then cut, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're cut too, Shushi. <laughs> but the, the thing with Utah, just quickly, they didn't have to give up any of their young core. So they've still got Markin and Clarkson, Sexton, Walker Kessler. This team is set to have more than max cap space available in the summer. Now, it's not an amazing sort of group of players. Chris Middleton, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Chris Stapps, Paul Zingas, Nikola Vucevic, Fred Van Vliet. It's not the greatest. No, I wouldn't want to be spending money or throwing money. But the rebuild will take a while. They'll pay guys on inflated contracts for one year here and there just yeah. to reach the cap. And, That's and it. it's it's a long build in Utah, yeah. I think. The, the biggest problem it creates is that it puts them in that free fall, which means OKC is more likely to make the plane. So thank you, Utah, you fucked. Mate, OKC are making the plane. It. It's no, been that way forever. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. It's not happening. Denial is a powerful thing. Denial is a river in Egypt. True, that too. There you go. More Lakers. Okay, so going way back, Rui Hashimura to the Lakers, Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks, 2023 via Chicago, the Lakers 2029, and the better of the Lakers and Wizards in 2028 to Washington. What did you make of this one? Yeah, it's interesting that they would give up on a guy like Hashimura. He's been around a little while now. But I don't mind Kendrick Nunn. He didn't do that well in LA, unfortunately. I guess, I don't know, is this is this a salary dump on Washington's part to get the picks? It's it's an interesting one. I mean, it, this they're not of, making the playoffs. I no, mean, it just it comes down to the development of Kyle Kuzma. I think he was a guy that was higher up on the the pecking order, I guess, than Rui, and they weren't going to give him a rookie extension. So they probably thought, well, let's let the Lakers do it. They can deal with the extra sort of money coming through on the luxury tax. And the Lakers probably asked for Kuzma, and they said you can have Hachimura instead. <laughs> Which, that wouldn't surprise me if that's how it went down. But this, again, going back to what LA's problems are, Rui shoots nearly 41% on catch and shoot threes the last couple of years. He gives them more wing shooting. He's a bigger body as well, so he can kind of help them a little bit defensively. Yeah, I, he can play small forward or power forward. He's a pretty, pretty big guy. He's a, he's a good fit guy. He's not going to have to create too much in that offense. I think he only had two turnovers in his first nine games with the Lakers. I, I really like the fit. It's probably a good change of scenery for him. Yeah. And likewise with the Lakers, none wasn't really in the rotation anyway. So losing him was was pretty much nothing. And he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So if Washington don't like him, they get rid of him. Yeah, I think I think it was a salary dump on Washington's yep. part. So yep. a bit of a win-win. Yep. Couple more big trades for the Lakers. And I say big because it was big men that were involved. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Is this AD insurance or is this what I do you think, think so. this is? So Mo Bamba to the Lakers, Pat Bev and a second round pick plus cash. Cash. To the magic. Yeah. Well, I, I don't mind Mo, Mo Bamba. I think he can be a handy backup. And I know he hasn't lived up to his potential, but I think they might get something out of him. 
Well, I mean, he's... He'll enjoy playing with LeBron. Yep, he's another guy shooting a touch under 40% on the season from three. Another good guy to basically stretch that floor. And then roll to the basket and jam at home too. So, yeah, he'll get get some cheapies from LeBron, I think. Yep, he's a good rim protector. The Lakers are 18th in the league at the moment in blocks as well. So he's another guy that can be handy. You have that front court. So Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt, you've got those guys with potentially Bamba playing some minutes. I think the biggest thing is he's okay playing smaller minutes, whereas I don't think Thomas Bryant was. Right. He'd been playing big starter minutes. AD comes back and all of a sudden he's back to the bench and he's not happy with it. Not that he'll get starter minutes where he is now either. Of well, course. no, this is the thing, but, but at least Denver's a decent sort well, of Well, they're a championship contender in a big way. I, I always feel like these two trades are bigger than the D'Angelo Russell. Like Russell's a bigger name and he has better stats. Mm. But I, I actually wonder if these two trades, I don't know. It's Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yes. Just quickly going back to Orlando as well. Uh, I think they've already bought Pat Beverly out. I think Yes. So yeah, just quickly, the other one, Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets, Devon Reed and three second round picks to the Lakers. I was scratching my head so much on this until the Bamba trade came through. Yeah, often the dominoes need to fall down. I was thinking like, he was been he's been really good while Davis was out. Shot an incredible clip, forty four percent from three. Thomas Bryant, not a renowned three point shooter, but was doing really well. Twin towers with him and Jokic could be really fun. They'll take up a lot of space on defense as well, even if Bryant's maybe not quite a Dikembe Mutombo type. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean I don't think Reed's really going to get much in the way of minutes in the Lakers lineup. The three picks could be useful for the Lakers. They don't really have much in the way of picks and. I guess, yeah, after getting Jared Vanderbilt, Bryant wasn't going to play much anyway, so didn't really give up yeah. too much to get him. Yeah, I, I don't know if this will move the needle a hell of a lot, but big man depth for a contending team is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. And he's capable, as you say. He can give you good minutes. Hmm. So we'll keep rattling through these. Matisse Thibel to the Blazers, Jalen McDaniels and two second-round picks to the Sixers, Svima Kyluk and two second-round picks to the Hornets. To quote Cassidy Hubbath on the Woj pod, you get a second round pick. You get a second round pick. Yeah, and it's it's in big numbers. Look, we obviously love Matisse Thibel being Aussie, and it sucks that he's been stuck on that Sixers bench. But, I mean, what do you make of this? Yeah, his his career trajectory has been interesting, hasn't it? I mean, he's such a good defender. He should be getting at least 20 minutes a game with his defensive capabilities, I think. Mm. And it's a shame that, as you say, he kind of got buried. There's been a few Aussies, Paddy Mills. A few Aussies have been buried on benches around the traps. I would hope that he would get good minutes at the Blazers, and I would hope that he'd he'd provide a nice little contribution to the team. I mean, the bottom line is the Blazers are a really shitty defensive team. And we know, obviously, Chauncey Billups played on some of those really, really solid Detroit Pistons teams that were amazing defensively. They're third last in steals at the moment, Portland. And you've got Matisse Thibel, who was seventh in the league at 1.7 a game despite playing less than 25 minutes yeah, a game. Yeah, he's locked out. He's locked in. Like, only he and Robert Covington played more than a handful of games and averaged more than one and a half steals and a block. So, defensively, he's a menace. We saw it in the Olympics. We've seen it in previous seasons. Yeah. They maybe gave up slightly too much to get him, especially because they've acquired Cam Reddish already, but... They're a funny team, aren't they? Because they're they're the outside looking in. And, I mean, they're not going to scare anyone. No. Christ, no. Yeah, I'd I'd feel... If I were a Blazers fan, I'd feel like I was mired in mediocrity a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. But it's kind of... It's the double-edged sword of Dame Lillard wanting to stay. Mm. Because the right move might be to offload him and rebuild. Well, they put all this money into Anthony Simons and he's hurt himself. Yeah, yeah. So... 
Yeah. Not looking great. Well, and, th- and that will give Tybal more minutes too. So, so oh, look, I'm hopeful it'll be good for him. I mean, they have some, they're an exciting team in some way. Shaden Sharp is amazing. He is a highlight ready, ready and waiting at any given moment, isn't he? So, I think they'll still be interesting to watch, but. Yeah, I don't know what those Blazers are doing. And obviously, I guess for the other teams in this deal, they're not big at all. They're just fodder, really, aren't they? Well, I mean, look, I think Philly actually did all right out of this. I mean, Daniels is actually the best player in the trade. He's had really, really good strides this season. He's up to about 11 a game. Yeah, that surprises me, actually. Yeah, shooting well from three, 37%, only taking three and a half a game. But he's joining one of the best shooting teams in the league. He's going to be getting great looks off Joel Embiid and James Harden as well. Stand in the corner, yep. And so, yeah, he's basically, if he can maintain that percentage, he can become a really useful piece on there. The Hornets, yeah. I mean, they get their own 20, 23 second round pick back from Philly. Sweeney McCarr looks done being a relevant player in the league. A bit of a dump from them, but they just needed players maybe that were better than McDaniel and they didn't really get it. Hornets are a bit of a funny team too, I think. Oh, they're so shit. Yeah. They're so shit. Yeah. Dearie me. It's an interesting one. Sadiq Bay to the Hawks, James Wiseman to the Pistons, Kevin Knox and five second round picks to the Blazers and Gary Payton the second to the Warriors. This is a really interesting. This is one of the most interesting trades of the entire deadline. Mm. Really like Sadiq Bay. Love James Wiseman coming out of college. Unfortunately, he hasn't lived up to that potential yet, but he'll have way less pressure on him in Detroit where he's also playing with Duran. Kevin Knox, again, another player that started with potential and has been a bit disappointing since. Fucking terrible, that guy. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of, it, there's a lot of players on this list that have a lot of potential. And it's just a matter of is the change of scenery going to help them reach that potential or have they hit their respective ceilings? I do think Bay and Wiseman have still ways to go upwards. You know, I, I think they will improve. So I like this deal for both the Hawks and Pistons, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it for the Hawks. I, well, I, I really like it for the Hawks. I want to say I love it, but five second rounders is actually quite a lot to throw. Well, yeah, that is a lot. Considering they gave away a lot of picks in the DeJounte Murray trade yeah, as well, of course, that's in it. the offseason. Look, he'll get opportunities. If he can play well, he can shoot the ball well. I don't see any reason why he can't fit in and, and be you know, a really nice sort of flamethrower guy to put in there with Trey Young and with DeJounte Murray. Detroit, I mean, the only thing I don't like about this for Detroit is they've got so many other big guys. You've got Jalen Duran, you've got Marvin Bagley, you've got Isaiah Stewart, Nolan's Noel, I'm pretty sure they're buying him out. And it's one of those things where if they don't, they're kind of pretty much in the same position as Golden State where they won't be able to play him. And look, I'm not off Wiseman yet. I, I think he's very, very talented. I think he's got a lot of upside. But having... if, they, if they can get 24 minutes a game out of Duran and Wiseman, You'd be happy with that at the centre position, mm. I think. When you've got Cunningham and other guys in the smaller positions, I think they'd, they'd do the trick. Imagine if Golden State had taken LaMelo Ball or Tyrese yeah, Halliburton. Yeah, I know, I know. In two of the best guards. I know. It's, it's absolutely crazy. But look, Getting Gary Payton back is good, though, for them. He's a really good defensive player, was important in the playoffs for them, even up into the finals. Yeah, but is he going to play? Like, for me, yeah, Golden State... They really did well adding Portland into this one. They made sure they didn't get stuck with the worst player in the history of the NBA in Kevin Knox. <laughs> He's so shit. I'm sorry. Wow, that's a big call. This might not help them this season. As I said, Peyton might not be back till later in the playoffs. 
if he is close to what he was that last season, though, he will be a massive bench push defensively for them. That Warriors team has one of the worst net ratings in the league. They're currently 26th in the league as a bench. So not great. Yeah, wow. So, and we know how bad they've been on the road too. Exactly. I, I think, yeah, long-term, it's great for them defensively, but they didn't give up much. I mean, Wiseman wasn't going to play in the playoffs this year or anything anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's a long-term deal for them. Gary Payton second will be good for them next season. Very few vetoed trades. It was nearly vetoed. It was. So there was Donatus Motogunas and Tyson Chandler were the last two. And the Chandler one goes back to 2006. Well, Montagunas was just because one of the um, one of the team doctors basically said that he wasn't healthy when he was. Yeah, we talked about they, that. They actually. dodged that one. Yeah, really, yeah. His career. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's it's a good move for the Warriors, but it won't help them this season. No, nah, probably not. Well, maybe if they make it deep into the playoffs, it might. But yeah, and look, Portland they got nothing back. They got trash player. They got. Realistically, unless these second rounders are right at the start, they're basically worthless. They're going to be most of the time guys that won't last in the league anyway. Yeah. Now, your boys, Nath. Jakob Pertl to the Raptors. Kem Birch, a 2024 first round pick and two second round picks to the Spurs. What the fuck? Uh, well, a first rounder and two second rounders is probably market value for Pertl, I would say. But it's funny, as time went on, I was kind of more and more wanting us to keep him. And I think if the Spurs did get Wembenyama, he would have been a really good piece to have next to Wembenyama because he's a really good rim defender. He's a good player. He, he just doesn't complain. He's, he's a good guy to have on your team. I can see why the Raptors wanted to get him back. And clearly, I think they've decided that they will pay him in the offseason because otherwise the trade wouldn't have made sense for them. Mm. I think it's a good trade for probably both sides. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, I'm, I'm overreacting because Pirtle went for 30 in his first game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you don't want that. So. Yeah, well, it's an 82 game season. Guys will have the big games every now and then. He's a very talented player, and and look, I know what you're saying as well. With the the value of draft picks is just totally different. Hmm. It's just ridiculous. But I think that's probably about right. Yeah. Can we also flash way back to when I said that Davis Bertans would be worse than Pirtle? And Bertans is no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I can find what episode oh, I don't it was know, in, I don't know. <laughs> take a bit of I don't know if it was on an episode. Oh, okay. But, but everyone was talking about Davis Bertans. Oh, I did. I did like Bertans as a uh, like, when we were good. I said Pirtle will be better than him. I guarantee. Yeah. No, no, Pirtle. I, I killing him. I will miss Pirtle. Funnily enough. There you go. Yeah. So yes, I think you're right though. Like. It's it's the off-season stuff. So Pirtle's 27, probably doesn't quite fit in with the timeline. No, they, definitely not. He's going to get paid this season when he hits the, the market. So they're going to have to match a stupid offer if they keep him. It's not disastrous, I guess, letting him go. It buys the Spurs a bit more cap space. Could they have turned him into someone a little bit better? Probably, but... Well, I imagine this must have been the best deal that they could get. You know, so they took it. That seems crazy. The funny thing is, though, the Spurs have so much cap space that they could actually sign him in the offseason anyway if they wanted to. Mm. So we could bring him back if we really wanted to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. No, it's an interesting one. But I think, yeah, timeline-wise, he's entering his prime and the Spurs' other players won't be hitting their prime for a few more seasons yet. So. I have to say, it, I'm not sure it makes that much sense for Toronto, though. And the reason for that is if you look at the guys that are heading towards extensions, you've got Pascal Siakam, you've got OG Ananobi, you've got Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet with player options. They can't keep them all. This team is going to be very, very expensive, and they've been average. Yeah. So Well, the, the Scotty Barnes sophomore slump is what's really kind of thrown the cat amongst the pigeons in Toronto. Yeah. 
that's that's probably what they weren't predicting. Given mm-hmm. how well his rookie season was, they'll be disappointed. Look, he'll he'll help them a little bit, but you just yeah, I just can't see Toronto making any sort of noise. For all the doom and gloom about the Toronto Raptors, so they're currently at time of recording 28 and 31 in 10th place, but they could very easily go on a winning streak and move themselves into fifth seed at 34 and 24. Currently the Brooklyn Nets, who we assume will be on a free fall. So they could very easily get themselves, maybe even avoid a play-in. So I, I still think Toronto can turn this around this season. I don't think they're a championship contender, but they could they could scare a team in the first round. I think you're being a bit optimistic there. Well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I can't see them getting out of the play-in. I think they they might make it up to like a seven or an eight seed because they're only, what, one loss behind yeah, the Bulls, you're, you know? Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I mean, Brooklyn will drop though, but yeah, Miami yeah. and Atlanta I have more faith in. So, Miami, yeah. Atlanta, New York. All, got more New faith York, in all yeah, yeah. More, yeah, yeah. More faith in all of them. That's yeah, sure. fair enough. Anyway. Now, we've got a lot of other ones that are maybe a little bit more mid in terms yeah, of quality. Yeah, we probably can rush through these Smash a little bit. Yeah. So, Josh Hart to the Knicks, Cam Reddish, Ryan Archidiakono, Sabine Mikhailuk, who we already know has been moved on, and the 2023 lottery-protected first-round pick, which turns into four second-rounders, if not conveyed, to the Blazers. Yeah, I don't have a hell of a lot to say, really. Josh Hart, I mean, he was a really promising prospect way back in the day and an important piece in the AD talks, of course, back in the day and and when the Lakers were trying to acquire that second star. But nowadays, I don't know, does this move the needle much? Cam Reddish, okay, Cam Reddish can be a handy player, but he didn't do much with the Knicks after the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the Josh Hart one's interesting. He struggled shooting the ball this year. He's a very, very good perimeter defender. He, he said yes. He defends bigger than he is as well. Yes, so he is a glove, yeah. He's one of these guys that could very, very easily sort of push a guy who's maybe a, a four out of the, the key way. Averages a lot of rebounds as well, more than eight this season. So wow. he's actually rebounding the ball really well. Wow. But yeah, the concern is that he's got a player option for next season. So there's every chance he'll walk for nothing anyway if he doesn't like the fit. It's, yeah, it's, it's not an amazing trade for either team. I, I think... Reddish maybe doesn't give you much. Archie Diakono and Mikhail look are fringe players anyway. It's just a salary dump by the Knicks. Yeah. And you, that's why they've given away the pick. It, it's just exactly. It's down to the, the picks. And you, yeah. you basically have to maybe gamble with Reddish playing a little bit. Who knows? All right, moving on. Mike Muscala to the Celtics. Justin Jackson and two second round picks to the Thunder. Meh. Yeah, Mascala could help him in the playoffs. It's a good trade for the Celtics. Yeah, the Celtics have done this. Obviously, they got white from the Spurs. They, they've done these little deals on the deadline the last couple of seasons in a row to stock up on veterans. Yeah. And this is the thing you've got to remember. Al Horford continues to be old. Robert Williams has missed 36 games this season. Blake Griffin is old and has only played in 24 games this season. He had a decent game the other day. But yeah, yeah I see and your point. Friggin' Luke Cornett is Luke Cornett. Mm. So... Don't know if you really want to trust them that much. Muscala's been shooting the ball well. He's a solid backup. They gave Justin Jackson up, who's played less than five minutes a game in 23 games this season. And they get back a guy who's shooting nearly 40% from three and gives him a chance to play at the, the stretch four position with Horford or Williams. Yeah, no, this could actually prove to be quite a canny trade yeah. by the Boston team. And look, Muscala was likely to be an expendable piece next season with Chet Holmgren hopefully set to debut and Victor Wembanyama joining the Thunder through the draft. <laughs> So, what well, after you make the play in? That's incredible. Making the play in, yeah, right. We're at free fall. There you go. Do you need me to read the SGA stats? Oh, and I cannot wait to get him now. It's going to be so great. 
We're going to have an entire episode. No chance. Entire episode. No chance. We're going to do an hour episode of me just laughing at you. We have the second worst record in the league, and I don't think we'll get him. Good. You don't deserve him. You've had too, too much success. <laughs> we haven't had a championship since 1979 when we were in. Yeah, they can't even. Well, exactly. Seattle, the city of Seattle gets to keep all the records and there name and everything. So we've had nothing. Just give us something. Anyway, Jay Crowder to the Bucks. Yeah, well, this is a bit, this is a bit similar to the Mascala one, but better because I think he'll be a good little defender for the Bucks. But I'll let you actually finish reading the entire trade before <laughs> I jump in. I love your enthusiasm. Though. I'm a bit enthusiastic. George Hill, Sergi Barker, Jordan Wara, three second round picks to the Pacers and two second round picks to the Nets. Go for it. See above. See above. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. I don't have too much more to add. I mean, I think we've seen that Serge Ibaka's time's probably done as far as being a really impact player. So it, it's probably a good deal for the Bucks as win now team. And for the other teams, it's salary sheds, draft pick acquisition and that sort of thing. I want to give some props to Robbie at Throwback Hoops. Shout out to the boys. Of course. Episode 63, he asked whether Jay Crowder is worth it. And I asked the same question. That dude is 32. He is solid at best. He had that really, really good final series with Miami, and I think that's kind of blinded everyone. I, I think you're right. I think he's lived off that for a while, and we don't even really know what he's capable of because he sat out all season with Phoenix, apart for a brief game with the Nets, as you mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's a fair it's a fair call. By the way, go and listen to their episode with Lee Ellis. Magnificent. There we go. Listen to all of their episodes. But, yeah, no, no, yeah, fair point. I actually think that Indiana fleeced him getting two guys who are over the hump for one guy who is like they managed to get. Yeah, I don't know. Defensively, he could he could help in the playoffs. I would take George Hill's veteran leadership. Yeah, over okay. Chris. okay. And look, Noir is a decent piece. He shoots the three ball really well, which is important. I I just I don't see the value in Jay Crowder. I, I, this is a guy who's very very clearly shown the sort of person he is basically done the Andre Iguodala thing where he would just sit out whole season if he doesn't get Well, yeah, but that was on the basis of a racist owner. So but his yeah, his well, intentions were a bit more virtuous than some others that sit out. Yeah, but, I mean, you've got a whole bunch of other guys who are African-American who are more than happy to play because they know that he's going to get bought out eventually. I just, I don't know. I didn't see any reason for it. But, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I just don't think he's worth the house. No, no, it's the proof will be in the pudding. Yeah. I think the Bucks will be very good no matter what. So Exactly. Yeah. Now, this is a weird one. Bones Highland to the Clippers, two second round picks to the Nuggets. What the hell is Denver thinking? Yeah, chemistry. That's exactly what this is. So there's no denying his talent. There's no denying his ability. We've raved about him in the past. He's a great defender. He's athletic. He's bouncy. He plays with passion. I really like him. I really like watching Bones Highland play. But obviously, I don't think he was fitting in chemistry-wise. That's the only explanation. The only explanation. Yeah, that's all I can think of. I mean, he's the sort of guy who could have like a 14-point third quarter in a playoff game. And a couple of steals. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And, and, a, and a weak side block. And you're, yeah. you're letting him go for two second-round picks, which are probably going to be in the 45 to 50-plus range. So the Clippers are like, we don't give a fuck about chemistry. Give us anyone, yeah. you know. Give, we may as well have taken Kyrie on. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that, that's the only explanation for that one because it's not a talent deal because clearly Denver could use his talent. I think so. Now, Danny Green to the Rockets, Luke Kennard to the Grizzlies, Eric Gordon, three second round picks, right to a pick swap to the Clippers. Yeah, look, I like Eric Gordon. 
Oh, let me let me just quickly also say Danny Green's already been bought out by the Rams. Yes, and yes, Sam and he's got Cleveland signed with Cleveland. Yeah, where he yeah. Was, where he was, where he yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was drafted there. Actually, he was, yeah, yeah. He was there with LeBron. Yep. But yes, you're saying Eric Gordon. I think well, he's the key piece, isn't he? I'm glad that Kennard is gone because I've talked about the Kennard and Leonard thing. Hmm. Luke Kennard, Kawhi Leonard, KLLK. Yeah, it's too confusing. It is. So thanks for that. Eric Gordon's probably the biggest piece in the deal. They got three second. I think the Clippers came out pretty well out of this. Interesting. You don't think? I completely disagree. Oh, okay. I. Have... You think they'll miss Kennard's three point shooting? I... Kennard's three point shooting. He's a sniper, man. Forty two percent in his career. Led the league at nearly forty five percent last year. Memphis fucking suck from deep. The only six teams shoot at worst. So for a team that's struggling right now, I think they were three and seven in the last ten games. It's since the Shannon Sharp incident. Pretty much, yeah. They've essentially turned, though, a 35-year-old Danny Green into a 26-year-old Luke Kennard. Yeah, fair. Okay. I, I, I love the trade for them. I really do. The Clippers, yeah, I, I, everyone's praising them. I just don't get it. Like, Eric Gordon was playing 30 minutes a game with the Rockets. Is there a world where he gets close to that with the Clippers? Oh, no, 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 no. Of course not. And he's having such a terrible year from the field. It's masked by the fact that he was playing with an even more terrible team. Yeah, uh, maybe it's maybe the Jay Crowder effect. Maybe I'm thinking of Eric Gordon from a few years ago. Look, I I just don't rate it. I mean, a lot of people do. I think he's terrible, quite frankly. And as we said, Danny Green, look, the the Rockets got nothing for it, effectively. They got rid of him. So what do they get out of it? Nothing. Now, another one involving your Spurs, Josh Richardson to the Pelicans for Devontae Graham and four second round picks. Yeah, it's quite a haul. Love it. Good trade. I, I was hoping we might get a first rounder for him. So I like this. I like this move for the Spurs. Done well with second round picks in the past. Yeah, that's very true. You guys do have a very... So we tend to scout well internationally. We tend to draft and stash really well. I actually think both teams win this trade. This is a win-win situation for both. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Three, yeah. three years ago, Graham was a real quality player. He was a guy like... 18 points a game sort of guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem was that the Pelicans added CJ McCollum and Trey Murphy at shooting guard. One is a far superior offensive player. The other is a superior defender. Well, one's a former all-star. Well, basically, yeah. And then Dyson Daniels as well. So there's a lot of guys there that are going to shrink his minutes. It basically meant that he had a really short leash. And as soon as he did anything stupidly bad or missed a couple of shots, he was basically planted on the bench and that was it. His effective field goal percentage has actually gone up and he's still playing less minutes. So it's just one of these things. Unfortunately, he's just not a great shooter. He takes too many bad shots. So he was expendable. And I think in the Spurs offense at the moment, he'll get more looks. He had a very, very good first game. Yeah, yeah, he did. I think he 18-ish, 20. Yeah, yeah, might have even been more. Yeah. It's quite a lot. Yeah. Um, The Pelicans, obviously, they get Richardson back. He's even more defense for their their wing guys. It's the veteran leadership, I think, here. So I think Pelicans probably needed another veteran or two for the team. Obviously, McCollum's there. But I think, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's a good trade for both teams. Definitely. And look, for the Spurs, the four picks can be used in future deals. If Graham's shit, it only helps them in their quest to get Scoot Henderson with the second pick. <laughs> if if one of our treasure chest of second rounders ends up close to another Manu Ginobili, we'll be very happy. I think you'd be over the bloody moon, <laughs> quite frankly. It's more likely it's going to end up as like a Nando de Colo or something like oh, well, that. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Now, Mason Plumley to the Clippers. Reggie Jackson in 2028 second round pick to the Hornets. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, look, it's... We're it's, getting to that point, aren't we? We are a little bit. Look, if I'm the Hornets, I'd rather trade for someone who actually wants to stay rather than one of a plethora of players who then demands buyout to go to a contender like Reggie Jackson did. But I love that it forces their hand on playing Mark Williams. He has been so good. Honestly, if you go back and watch the 13th of Feb, NBA.com, he has two plays. One where he finishes his pick and roll with a massive dunk and one where he blocks Trey Young and takes it the length of the floor for a dunk himself. Like, this guy looks awesome. Oh, if you go back to our draft coverage or pre-draft coverage, I was singing his praises. I was a big fan of him out of college. I wanted the Spurs to get him, actually. Yeah, as one of the big guys that was... I think he'll be a very, very good player. I agree. Yeah. The Clippers, they get Plumlee. I... Look, I love it for the Clippers. I hate it for OKC because it makes their draft picks even worse. <laughs> it's just not great. But look, Plumlee is a proven center in this league. He stays in his lane. He doesn't take a shot outside six feet. He's shot more than 61% from the field the last four seasons. Here's a question for you. Is there any other team that's been involved in the trade? Let's include pre-deadline as well. That has a bigger margin than the Clippers. In terms of? In terms of either it could be really good for them or it could do nothing and actually move them backwards. Well, it's both LA teams, really. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. You're right. LA. A lot of of eyes will be on LA as they always are. Certainly for the teams that are trying to get better, yes. Yeah. There are other teams that are clearly trying to get worse and we can't... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't include that. As far as kind of intentions, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But yeah, it's... uh, As I say, I love this trade for the Clippers. I think... Plumley is a very, very solid shot blocker, good size and athleticism. He's oh, he's a, a handy backup big, yeah. He's pushing 12.2 and 9.7 with Charles. He's a good pace. Yeah, yeah. So him, I mean, obviously they're shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in a in a playoff run, he'll help you. He and Zubach make a pretty decent yeah. two punch. Yep, I like that. All right, now we're getting really towards the bottom. Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando to the Hawks. Justin Holiday, Frank Kaminsky and two second round picks to the Rockets. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, Frank Kaminsky never lived up to his potential out of college. Yeah. Bit of a shame, but what can you do? No one in that. Marginally league. better than Adam Morrison. Oh, yeah. Kicked slightly lower. No one in this trade averages more than 4.8 points a game. None of them are going to make a difference to either team. It happened. Let's move on. And they're neither. They're not championship contenders. So. Correct. And then the last one, Dario Saric and a second round pick to OKC. Darius Baisley to Phoenix. I want to hate this trade for OKC. I initially did, but I thought Sarich was like 32 and was thinking he doesn't fit into this timeline at all, but he's actually only 28. Wow. Feels like he's been around forever. It really does. Wow. So he must've come into the league quite young. Yeah. 20, 21 ish. Maybe even younger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for a guy who's 28, Gives us extra spacing as a big. He'll actually potentially, if we if we keep him, be a useful piece next season as that stretch for playing off Holmgren and Wembenyama. And even just training for yes, yes, <laughs> Wembenyama. I, I was trying to see whether you would actually notice. I was just oh, like, Can I I, one in? No, no. Fifteen first round picks for him. Someone will take it. Someone will take it. I don't know about that. Anyway. Look, Baisley wasn't going to get any meaningful playing time with this team. He was just one of these guys that. He, he doesn't shoot the ball historically well. He's having a good season shooting. He's at 40% this year, but he's playing the same amount of minutes as Usman Dieng, who's basically a guy that the Thunder drafted to stick in the G League. Yeah. So well, he's still raw. Yeah. So it's not great. He will help out Phoenix's issues at the defensive end. They get rid of Saric, which saves him 20 million in luxury tax. So Phoenix will probably feel okay about this, but. Or OKC. Okay, they could do it. Uh-huh. I don't know. Where do we leave this, Chewie? 
I've got a Tom Petrini quote here. If you're a middle schooler who wants to play NBA basketball, you can only be drafted by the Spurs, Jazz, Thunder, or Nets. Mm. Kind of true with the traffic situation. Very, very true. Gee whiz, why would you want to be drafted by the Jazz? <laughs> they don't allow music. Exactly, everyone live in Utah. Vernon Maxwell, says, shout out. Says the guy who follows the team from Oklahoma City. Now, Shuri, I know you're not a massive fan of this TV show, but this is a this is a really interesting one. It's a Seinfeld thing, isn't it? It's a Seinfeld thing. Of course it is. So Michael Mulholland, just a random Twitter user, he recently shared a nice little win that he had down at the betting agency and based on a Seinfeld episode from 1991. So in the episode, The Heart Attack, Jerry writes this thing on a bit of paper when he's kind of half asleep. I think it's a joke or he can't remember what it is from memory. And so he goes to this holistic medicine guy who asks him if he can read it. And he basically tells him that it says Cleveland 117, San Antonio 109. So this bloke has made a bet based on the recent Cleveland San Antonio game that it would finish 117, 109. And sure enough, he won $681 based on that prediction because the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Spurs 117 to 109. That yeah. is incredibly random. It is incredibly random. And it's actually happened multiple times. So in 2019, when they played each other, the Cavs beat the Spurs 117 to 109 in overtime. Do you know what's even crazier as well? This was an 11-point game with less than 20 seconds left. And Donovan Mitchell commits a foul on a jump shot, which becomes an N1. For fate. That, and the guy actually makes the free throw as well. This guy, B. Wesley, never even heard of him. Oh, yeah, one of our recent draft picks. Yeah, Blake, never- Blake Wesley. Yeah, he could be a handy player. But- Podcast? Never heard of him. Yeah, in the recent in the recent draft. So nineteen ninety one was the year before I started following the Spurs, Chewy. Let's have a look at the roster here. Willie Anderson, Antoine Carr, Terry Cummings, Sean Elliott, Sidney Green, Vinnie Johnson, David Robinson, Donald Royal, yep. Rod Strickland, around the time when he did that horrible pass, Trent Tucker. A couple of guys there, I forget. You're not gonna give Greg Sutton a, a run, eh? Well, does he deserve it? Not really. <laughs> I know him, but that's because you're the card the card collecting. Yeah, this is true. And then Cleveland, Terrell Brandon, a very young Terrell Brandon, Brad Doherty, Craig Elo. John Battle. I was going to come back to John Battle. Johnny Battle. I was kind of naming some of the other guys first. So Danny Ferry, Larry Nance, Steve Kerr, Bobby Fields, Mark Price, Hot Rod Williams. Decent team. Mike Sanders. Bloody yeah, well. you can see why they won 117 to 109. So there you go. A funny little finish to end there. Crazy. Sure, you know what that music means. Final thoughts time. Well, look, with OKC definitely getting Victor Wembanyama last year, a lot of these trades are null and void. No, look, honestly, such a massive, massive trade deadline. We've had a look back at a few of the other ones in history. This is by far the most impressive in terms of the quality players that change teams. As you said in the intro, Kevin Durant probably changes the championship odds quite considerably. I didn't use that in the intro in the end, but that's okay. I used a different intro. Did I? Oh, no, I kind of did. I kind of blew it anyway. Yeah, until next time, I'm Nate. And I'm Stu. We are the Sport Players.